What is going on, everybody? This is the newest episode of Stasis Chat. It is episode eight. Welcome. I'm your host, Sentinel17, and today I'm joined by Stubbs and BMG. Uh, Stubbs Gaming, why don't you tell everyone what you've been playing so far this week? Hello, Sentinel. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good to hear. Um, yeah, so this week... I've been playing a little game I discovered on Game Pass as recommended by a friendly pest uh, the other week called Vampire Survivor. Now, this is like a game that's like crack. I love it. It's a a roguelike vampire game, but it's it's a 2D game. Um, It's just, I mean... I, I even went to the level of buying it. It's only three pound ninety via game, uh, three pound nineteen via Game Pass, three ninety nine <laughs> normally, and it's just so damn addictive. I'm getting better and better at as, as you do with roguelikes, uh, roguelite, sorry, and um, it seems to have just blown up. I looked on Steam, it blew up on Steam. It's blown up on Xbox. It's got two hundred and fifty odd reviews. It's massively uh, positive, and it's through Game Pass. But yeah, there was there was something quite funny because it, it I've spent hours and hours on this game so far. I'm getting better, but like something Scott from Green Pass Gaming mentioned on the Reddit post, somebody was complaining about the game, uh, basically saying it's predatory. It's predatory with your time. A three pound ninety nine game is predatory. <laughs> But yeah, I've been playing that. I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I, hang on, I have been playing. If you wait just one second, I've been playing Sonic Frontiers. Ugh. As you can see in my logo, that's that's awful. That is a very good. I, I won it thanks to the Sega guys at the Sega guys podcast. Sega provided a code for them on the Xbox. Only six people entered. Because you had to actually do something. Is right. It was more than a retweet and a like. You had to actually go in the show and find out what the guest's favourite console, piece of music, and game was. And you know what people like nowadays? They can't be bothered. So people yeah. didn't, didn't yeah. apply. But after people started to complain, they didn't see the tweet. Which who uh, knows what happened? But it was four or five tweets went out. But I mean, I've not had very sonic. Sonic games generally, I prefer the Mega Drive versions, the 2D games. But this actually is like bosses. It's not as easy as as I thought it would be. It's quite challenging in places, but it it is quite fun. It's it, it's much better than what that what that demo showed. Yeah, it seems like a lot of oh, people. Um, he's gone. Oh, we lost stubs, I guess. Uh, well, that's <laughs> what he gets for showing Sonic. Rest in peace. Right, right. Well, we, I guess he'll be back hopefully. Um, okay, so BMG, what have you been playing this week? Uh, what's up, Sentinel? Uh, yeah, it's great to be. It's great to see you in the uh, the hosting seat. Um, you know, it's uh, always awesome to be on a show with you and talk talk things going on in the gaming world. But yeah, it's yep. great to be here. Uh, well, it's it's one of them. Um, I've can't, I'm making my way through God of War Ragnarok. Uh, really enjoying it. It's um, the story's really gripped me. Uh, and I'm savouring every minute I can of it. Um, you know, I've, I'm not getting as much time in gaming as I want to. You know, I've got a quick half yeah. hour in before the um, the show tonight, and I'll probably get a bit more in 
after the show. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. Loving it. Um, other than that, I've been um, dipping into a bit of the um, Halo Infinite co-op campaign, um, which it just makes the game feel like new again. Um, you know, I fell yeah. off the multiplayer. I, I just wasn't... It, I, it wasn't so much that I didn't enjoy it. I did enjoy the multiplayer, but it's literally every... The minute I'm spawning, I was just getting shot, killed, 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 killed. And I'm like, you know what? This just really isn't fun. So yeah. I've kind of... Fell off the multiplayer, but I do have it installed. Um, and but no, the corp campaign I've been enjoying a little bit of. Uh, myself, you, Sentinel, and a friendly pest. We um, jumped into a bit of corp campaign Friday evening, and uh, <laughs> it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was we definitely were... a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't played. Um, you know, I haven't really played a lot of co-op recently. And um, you know, when when you first. Uh, floated the idea to me i was like uh you know i'll try it i have never really played co-op in a halo you know a halo game before but it was yeah. a lot of fun um i did of course play the game when it first came out you know the campaign all the way through and i was surprised with how much fun i had with it but as much fun as i did have playing by myself through the campaign it was actually more fun as co-op and i think that's kind of i i feel like that's something they should have added right at the start you know even if that meant delaying the game you know, I Agreed. think it would have been a lot of people would have been a lot happier if it would have had co-op right from the start. Yeah, I did. I didn't quite understand that they had the the flight um, in the summer, and it seemed to go brilliantly from what everyone said. I didn't touch it myself because I thought I don't want to make progress in it; just have to start all over again. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to run all the um, reviews and previews of trying the co-op campaign seemed to go flawlessly. Everyone said it was brilliant, and then didn't come out till. November, which is which is very strange, but yeah, we we and we had a good laugh. I learned I can't control vehicles. Somehow, everything I tried using got <laughs> stuck between a tree or a rock, and uh, or flying off a cliff. <laughs> flying off a cliff. <laughs> it's not on destiny, is it? Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I can't kill enemies for for no love of money. I'm good at killing my teammates, and uh, yeah, it was a good laugh, but. Um, <laughs> I've just yeah. I've just installed that um, Battlefield 2042 because um, I believe that drops tomorrow. So yeah, I haven't I haven't installed it yet, but I I plan on doing it. I plan on doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm hopefully gonna have a bash on that tomorrow. Sounds good. Um, okay, well let's tackle um, let's tackle our first topics today. Uh, the first one, and this this was kind of a late arrival, but I think it really I think we should bring it up first. Is um, the the Call of Duty deal that was offered to PlayStation by Microsoft. They said ten years. PlayStation has refused to um, comment on it. What are your thoughts on that, BMG? Hmm. Well, first, because obviously when it when it first came around, you know, they said would extend the deal further three years, which is on top of the marketing marketing deal that finishes in three years' time or two years' time. I can't, can't quite remember, 2024, 2025, I think. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, so they offered a, a further three years on top of that, and the PlayStation said, no, it's a slap in the face, pretty much. That's not good enough, you know, Call of Duty, nothing can rival it. We can't make anything to how good it is. And they weren't having it, they weren't happy with it, and that was that. And, you know, and then, you know, it's now come about that Phil Spencer said, I'm willing to do a 10-year deal. Um, obviously, that 10-year deal is obviously to guarantee 
native version, same as the Xbox version, graphical fidelity, all that. Um, the exact same day and day with obviously with Xbox and onto PlayStation for the next 10 years. I'm yeah. assuming that um, 10 years is after the current deal. So really, yeah. essentially, it's like a 12, 13-year deal, if you think about it, because they've got the, yeah. the this deal to finish, then they've got 10 years then as a deal. But I don't think PlayStation will be happy. Obviously, they're probably happy, yeah, we've got 10 years, but what they won't be happy with and probably why they're not commenting is because it's not going to be marketing deal. It's going to be you're just going to get the game guaranteed for the next 10 years after the current deal expires. But, you know, we're going to have to sit down and work things out, and that's where it will fall onto um, the PlayStation side. Xbox have made the offer of 10 years, um, and it's like now they can put it to PlayStation, balls in your court now. Are you willing to do happy with that? And we'll sit and negotiate a deal. And if they can't come up with a deal, Xbox will turn, Microsoft will turn around and say, look, we offered them in this. These were the terms which were fair, and they said no. So what do you want us to do? But even, even without a deal, they have turned around and said, where if the as long as there is a PlayStation sold and out there, Call of Duty will be on it regardless. So, and I don't know how much clearer Phil Spencer can be with that. You know, it's and everyone's saying, "Oh, I'm sick. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of him telling us the same thing." Then ask different questions. You keep asking the same question, you're going to get the same answers. He's going to keep answering the question that everyone's asking. But we'll see. What about you, Stubbs? What are your thoughts on this? Well, the difficult thing is, I mean, you can sit there and say what you want. So, 10-year contract this, 10-year contract that. And it's hard to tell people. Phil can't do anything, all right? They're just, these, these are just assumptions because until Microsoft owned that company, they can't do nothing. They can't hold meetings. They can't do, they can't do anything. Mm. These, that these... These things they're offering are so the so the um, the EU Competition Board and the CMA can see them in the public eye. Yeah, they're not none of this is legally binding. The deal could go through, and it it has to be done with the regulator. So I wonder if that's part of it. I've heard that's what it is. It's not really. They say they offer it to Sony, but legally, probably if you were to ask Luke. Microsoft can't actually offer them a contract because they don't own them. You yeah. see what I mean? They can't offer them a contract yeah. even for three years because they don't right, own them. Yeah, it's not legally bound to them yet. Exactly. Yeah, but it's more. I'd say it's more of a perception thing. There maybe, yeah. maybe one of the F, you know, maybe the EU or CMA have actually turned around and said, if you sort of offer this minimum term then we're more favorable of it maybe i don't know that's just an assumption but it's mainly yeah, this is this is for regulators isn't it yeah it's for regulators yeah, to see they're trying to show the regulators are to work in with the you. business of believing multi-billion dollar multi-trillion dollars word yeah you know what i mean a lot of these big companies not saying it's microsoft but a lot of deals have gone through with this kind of crap and they've uh, gone back on their word yeah, so, I think, but, um, and then in the I think end, you make a lot of good points, though, you know, about yeah. it just being about perception. Because so far, you know, PlayStation has really been um, very vocal with opposing this, you know. And then, of course, you have uh, the CMA 
that has been, um, you know, they've been pretty adamant about Xbox not really um, being, you know, with this move not being um, consumer friendly. And that's completely ridiculous because right now, as it is with PlayStation getting exclusive perks with PlayStation, I don't, I don't, or with, with Call of Duty, I'm sorry, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's consumer friendly because it's like PlayStation gamers get stuff that Xbox gamers don't. And yeah, of course, we all, you know, we all see this. Is is okay? Yeah, that isn't. But the the CMA and EU and all the regulatory boards understand that's a business deal. It's not yeah. anything underhanded. Well, I've I've got an example for you. Yeah. Um, it happened actually. You know, in my near my local area, um, Stagecoach okay. um, is one of the biggest bus, if not the biggest bus they company are. in the country. Yeah. And uh, near our local area, uh, they went to purchase the lo- other local, the, the second, what would be the second biggest um, company. And right. what, the, what what happened is obviously CMA was involved because obviously it would give them an, a, a monopoly in the entire county that they would have everything. So what happened at first is the um, when they were trying to buy out the business, they were running route the uh, same route for cheaper um and eventually the lo- the other local company desulted them went through the regulator fine there were some concessions where you know fair pricing all this this that and the other and then yeah. what ended up happening is once the deal had gone through about i think it was just under a year after the deal was complete and the cma had approved it um the stagecoach company they kind of went back on what was agreed and essentially, they were driving up prices because there was no competition. They were charging right. more. And, and it turns out then the CMA got back involved and forced them to actually sell the company. So they had wow. to sell that part of the business back off again. And uh, it had to go to a, another private firm. Yeah, wow. that's true. That, that's, I, think that, I think that's an example where they actually did a good job watching yeah. out for the consumer. That's it. So that's what these regulators would do. If if these are like, you know, concessions that they have floated and Xbox has said and we'll, uh, Microsoft saying we're willing to give 10 years, if that's yeah. the sort of area they will, regulators were looking at, and if they offer that and then go back on that, then a regulator will just step back in and say, I'm sorry, you have to sell the company. Well, you know, I, can, do I, that. I kind of feel like... Um... PlayStation doesn't even care if it's one year, if it's 10 years, if it's 20 years, you know, I feel like the thing that they're, that they're really wanting Xbox and Microsoft to come out and say is that, you know, as long as we're making call of duty games, once this acquisition goes through, as long as we're making call of duty games, they will never come to game pass. I think that's what PlayStation wants because right now, you know, um, game pass is kind of, they're the elephant in the room, so to speak. You know, I think, um, if it comes to Game Pass, that's going to significantly affect the Call of Duty, you know, the Call of Duty's presence on PlayStation. And I think that's what Jim Ryan really wants. He's, you know, I mean, they could offer them, like I said, 50 years. But I, I kind of feel like if they came in the door and said, hey, we'll offer you exclusivity for five years, but we'll guarantee that it will never go to Game Pass, Jim Ryan would accept it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But what they, I do think if, is, Sorry, no, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. No, you go, I, you go ahead, mate. What I do think is, see, they had this view, Satya, was like, let's let them compete. And that, that comment, 
Yeah. How the, the comment from Satya doesn't line up the stuff Phil says. Satya's comment comes over as, yeah, well, we take, we take Activision and we're for our ecosystem. And that would be exclusivity. Now, he didn't say that. But now Phil's coming out, and I, I truly believe this. I don't think Microsoft are as confident as they once were about this deal's going to pass. And I think yeah. they've changed their tactics to saying anything they can to police the regulatory borders, uh, boards, because the only ones that matter in the contracts yeah. are, this is what many people are missing, is uh, is the, the FTC, which... They'll pass it anyway because they'd be scared of getting rigged up with litigation. And uh, CMA and the EU are on the contract of letter to intent. It has to pass. Is it actually in Microsoft's own contract to buy the, to buy the company? If it doesn't pass, all three balls, the deal's tanked. That's it. You can't just yeah. have it. I've heard a lot of other podcasters saying, "Oh no, where they can get around this, they can pull all their products from the UK and Europe and force them." Uh, that doesn't yeah. really work in reality. Microsoft wants all three regulatory boards to agree. Yeah. So I just think Microsoft are trying to say anything they can now to try and get a deal to pass them regardless because I can see why the CMA has got concerns because on one hand, you've got Microsoft, Phil Spencer now saying, well, we want Call of Duty like Minecraft. But then new, new Bethesda releases... Uh, brand new Bethesda releases, uh, a lot of them are becoming exclusive. Things like that. Yeah. Some of their games are exclusive, some ain't exclusive. Because yeah. it, field defense does confuse me. Because one minute he's saying, oh, well, I think exclusives are going away now. A lot of people have used the argument where well, he's on about free-to-play games. Like, But it, one minute he's saying exclusives are bad. Next minute you're saying, oh, I think exclusives are going to go away and everyone's going to buy games on all systems, no matter what system they're on. It, it's very confusing, I believe. And I, I've spoken to a few people about it in what he says. It's quite yeah. vague because well, he says exclusives are great. Then yeah. he goes, oh, I think we're going away from a future where exclusives won't be a thing. It, yeah, what but, does he want? Exclusives or not exclusives? No, but... He, or then, he, or then, in, then he's saying, sorry... That then he goes on to say, well, what I meant was any console that has Game Pass. That's not what he first said. He's changing yeah, the if, script a bit. Yeah, but he's always said, the main thing, he, the narrative that he's always kind of stuck with, he would rather have a gay games, all games on every console so everyone can access them no matter yeah. what. But that's not a reality. That's not going to happen. So why hasn't he so, tried to put Halo Infinite on the PlayStation then? Well, how do we know think- he hasn't? I mean, I, I think I think the real sorry. I think the reality of um, exclusives that we're looking at is he may have single player exclusives that stay on Xbox, but as far as multiplayer, they it, outside of like Halo, Forza, and Gears of War, they really want those to be multi-platform, just because there's more money attached to it. And you got to understand these acquisitions cost billions of dollars. And yeah, you know, Microsoft is a trillion dollar company, but at the end of the day, they want some of that money back. And keeping them just on Xbox and PC isn't going to cut it. You know, some of these games like Call of Duty that make hundreds of millions of dollars a day when they're doing good, they're going to want those on PlayStation so they can keep that money coming in. But and, you know, we all know that it's it's also about Candy Crush. But I mean, that also goes with like a different type of 
approach that they're going with, um, not putting all their eggs in one basket with the exclusives. They want to branch out a little bit. They want to have Call of Duty games on PlayStation. They want that Candy Crush revenue. It's all about making their money back with all these investments. Yeah, but he's like I say, it's if in ideal world he wants everything everywhere. But that's we're not in an ideal world. We're in a world where there is competition and things going on, and and it is is what it is. And like I say, with the regulatory boards, um, it's as I think Luke has said on previous shows. They all have to pass it, or the deal's gone. They can't just have one or two. It's got to be everyone has to pass it in order for it to go through. Yeah. Um, but it's that's going to be a wait and see. But I think, to be honest, it, it not he wants it. They've already said Phil Spencer's come out and says that it's going to go into Game Pass. That's where they want it. That is that's the service they are building. That is their main focus of Xbox is Game Pass subscription. That is well, where the money is for them going to be in the future. Well, let me ask you, BMG, do you think we would ever see Game Pass on PlayStation? I mean, do you think that would be something that could happen? No, no, I don't I don't think so. Sony's not in, at the moment. The current Sony that we have um, won't. I'm sorry, I've just seen a comment. It's on UK Dazarus. BMG, I still, no, don't, even, still don't, even have, don't even read it. <laughs> it just well distracted me. Oh, well. my God. <laughs> Um, I don't, in the current PlayStation we've got with the current leadership, you'll never see it. It won't happen. Uh, I think it's going to be further down the line if they can come up with a um, how would how would I say it? If they can come up with a a curated deal where PlayStation has so much on Xbox, Xbox has so much on PlayStation, but they're both going to want to cut of each other's subscription on the opposite consoles. It's something you know, I don't think you're going to see it. If you are going to see it, maybe 10 years down the line, possibly. Um, and I think, but if, you know, because you would have to have such an in- incentive to do it. Yeah, yeah, Phil Spencer said, I want it on there. I'll have it on there in a heartbeat. PlayStation don't want it on there. And they don't because PlayStation are trying to build their subscription service and make the way they're doing it be the superior one, which it isn't, you know, as, as everyone knows, I'm a fan of both Xbox and PlayStation and Xbox have the superior subscription services. No, no question in that. If PlayStation did day and day, maybe possibility it would give them a bit of a run for the money, but it still won't be on the same level as Xbox game pass, not because of the games, but yeah. Microsoft have got that checkbook behind them where if that was the case, if PlayStation did that, Xbox would just go out and splash out money, say, release your game day and day in uh, Game Pass exclusive for three months to Game Pass. You can buy it a la carte, not a problem on PlayStation, on Xbox, but we want it exclusive for three months in the... um, in Game Pass, and and that's that's the kind of way it'll end up going if if that's the case, and and maybe that would push PlayStation to try and come up with a deal that you know benefits um, both both um, both companies. But uh, anytime soon, you're not going to see that. Um, as much as some people want to see it, your diehard PlayStation fans would sooner probably go on. Turn Microsoft to the ground before they allow this on right. their oh, platform. But it's a sure you know. because although I mean a long time, a lot a few years ago, if you had said if you had said uh, 
most the majority of the PlayStation games are going to be on PC within a year, you'd be laughed at. So they are changing. I don't obviously. I do think if if Xbox say Halo Infinite, that just a free to play multiplayer mode, and say them, well, I do think Gears is going to get a, a free. I think they're going to take Gears free to play in a separate game of its own. If they yeah. went to Xbox uh, PlayStation and put it on there, I don't think Sony would stop them. And, and I know more picks going to disagree, and probably you can disagree, but. If it's a multiplayer, PlayStation could generate revenue out of that. Yeah, but that's it. It would only, PlayStation would only allow it if Xbox, uh, sorry, if Microsoft paid a cross platform fee, uh, they get X amount of revenue for having it on there and X amount of revenue for stuff that's sold, like through battle passes and cosmetics and stuff and i don't think microsoft won't do it because it's in the long run it's probably going to cost them more money than than it's worth to have it or they'll probably lose money having it on playstation they want as much as they want things everywhere everyone play everywhere and that's all good but again like like you said it's the real it's the subscription service that they're pushing and nothing rivals it in the gaming um no it doesn't area nothing nothing rivals it at all welcome oh. to the stream friendly pest you made it hey what are you friendly guys doing pest. hey not much we're just talking about um you know call of duty on playstation and uh them not accepting the 10-year deal them sons of bitches i know right it's hey so, just, um just see Muppet's of, comment there of, you know we're talking about game pass but speaking of uh, xbox services xbox live is 20 years old Almost old enough to drink. Oh, well, it's caused yes. plenty of drinking, if that helps. <laughs> right. I guess it was um, it was November fifteenth of two thousand and two that Xbox Live launched, and of course, when it launched, um, it was you know revolutionary. It pretty much created multiplayer as we know it. Did any Xbox of you guys, um, were, you, were any of you guys on Xbox Live when it first launched? Uh, yes, I was. I was uh, I was around back up when we had dial-up internet where, you know, you had to hear that weird connection tone. And if anyone picked up the phone, it took not the internet off. You know, I still remember where the only thing you could really do with the internet was ask Jeeves a question. <laughs> that was very limited. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I remember. I remember because I, I had the original Xbox. Uh, I remember when they brought out Xbox Live and you had to have that. Remember that? Was it like an adapter that had to plug in? Or was that the 360? I can't wonder, I can't remember if there was something at first before when it was original Xbox or something to plug in for the internet. But it wasn't wasn't really that good. Um, yeah. But I do, I do remember it, there was something you had to put in and then you had that weird headset. Well, I say it's a headset. It was like a a one ear covering mic thing that didn't work very well and they improved it on the 360. But yeah, you know, remember him bringing it in. Um, it was, you know, it was great for that first time, not having to get everyone round in one place to have all the consoles and multiple TVs put together. If, if it wasn't like uh, the split screen thing and it was, you know, it was, it was good. It was revolutionary. It's when the internet was starting to come into its own, Honestly, you know, I think back now, 
gamers' problems today with how things are. They if if they weren't around then, they didn't suffer the pain we had to uh, in the in the in our younger years, um, waiting for about five minutes for everyone to connect, and then take ten minutes to load into a game, and you just pray to God that. <laughs> nothing cut yeah. off uh, and you could play a game but yeah 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 i remember i remember xbox when it, you know well and you know what it came like, around they were so much better than playstation because playstation you had to plug that thing into the back of them and the playstation multiplayer was so slow compared to um xbox live you know and it's yes. like it's, it's kind of like they you 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 knew that microsoft and xbox had planned out how they were going to make that work before they even brought it to the system because yeah, exactly. it was it was definitely a quality service. Yes, yeah. Play, PlayStation. Oh God, I, I, if if anyone had the PlayStation Three, going into PlayStation Four, you probably remember the the days where uh, P, the PSN was down for a, a very significant amount of time, and you just couldn't do anything with it. At least yes, you had so an offline weeks. game. Yeah, if you had an offline game, it was brilliant. But if you required the internet, you were screwed. Yeah. Yep. I remember that I actually got two free games out of that Infamous and Little Big Planet. Ah, but you, yes. But you never had that with uh, Xbox Live. It's it's like they were always um, staying ahead of the situation, and you had you know minor issues here and there. But for the most part, and this is coming from someone obviously who's played on PlayStation for years, Xbox Live has almost always been uh, head and shoulders above them all the time. You oh, know? definitely. Definitely, there was all, they've always been the superior services at Xbox over PlayStation. Even now, um, you know, I don't obviously I don't know if any of you guys will know if PlayStation use Azure, which is obviously owned by Microsoft, because obviously there was a deal put in place years ago, um, about ten years ago. No, it won't be ten years. Sorry, yeah, would it be? It was no. a few years ago. There was a deal. It was for definitely a few. My. Microsoft Azure. I don't know if they actually use Microsoft Azure or not. Sorry, that's how exactly. a lot of Americans say Azure. Yeah, we say Azure, yeah. yeah. Not sure if if they do or don't use it. Um, but they PlayStation know their back end stuff isn't that good. It doesn't touch Microsoft no. at all. But they are trying to improve that. They're acquiring companies and developers that help with that sort of stuff. And uh, we're going to see it improve. But you know, they're always behind on that curve on the, you know, the networking side of stuff. Yeah. So they used to uh, friendly to pest. There's offline for, for, for you know maintenance. Uh, yeah, friendly pest. Um, were you an Xbox Live type of guy? Absolutely. Um... I remember when it first came out, I didn't have the internet to use it. Only only one friend in my group had a decent like cable modem, and every Wednesday we'd go to his house to play Halo. Uh, and that was back during the GameSpy days. And then when Xbox Live came out, it required uh, required cable internet. It was it was right. completely out of the question that I could use it for a while. I didn't uh, I didn't finally have internet that was up to it until the 360 days. Okay. Um, and I, I've always had mixed emotions about paying to play my games. Right. Um, but uh, there was no question that it was something new and different on console that you couldn't really do before, especially at the scale it was at. And it, it changed kind of the rules of the games in some way. To Halo 1, for example, on GameSpy, you would create rooms and announce what map you were using and weapons and try to get people to join it, and then you would launch the game from there. Uh, but then Halo 2 came along, and it would match make for you and and select the maps and it was a it was a completely different way to play and it forced you to play maps that otherwise you would have skipped and and kind of yeah. 
that was fun in its own way because you had to get better at those maps. So yeah, I've, I've been uh, I've been on Xbox Live since the 360 days. Uh, just what about so, you, just so one sec, we've we've sorry, we Muppet just saying uh, he doesn't remember Xbox running around the world crying uh, about it. This whole everything that's going on. Um, PlayStation was invited. The same with many other companies that are in the industry and around. It's it's just because this is just more to lie because obviously it's PlayStation, Xbox. Um, but if it was the other way around, um, Phil Spencer, being the head of Xbox, would have been invited to come and have a conversation, give his thoughts and stuff on it as well. So it's not just PlayStation, you know, Jim Ryan going on his uh, private jet, going around every regulator uh, with tears in his eyes. It's, it's something that actually happens, and it happens in all different uh, industries. It's not just not just gaming. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think if Jim Ryan wasn't running around doing a lot of this stuff, that the, uh, you know, the Sony board or the PlayStation board would be kind of aggravated at him. Because they would feel like he's not doing his job. And I mean, yeah. you know, we, we could say as much as we want um, that he's running around and doing this stuff. And, you know, from an outsider perspective, that's exactly right. But he he answers to a board of directors for PlayStation, for Sony, for whoever you're talking about, that want him to represent the company's best interest. And they're going to want him to fight tooth and nail, even if he loses, even if he looks very negative in, in the eyes of gamers. They don't care about that because essentially this is, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars that they could potentially be losing if he doesn't get involved in some, you know, at, at some level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, he's got an obligation. At the end of the day, what anyone thinks about him, he's he's got a job to do and he's obligated to do everything that's in the best interest for PlayStation and Sony. That that is his job. His job is to make money. He is a businessman. Whether you like him or not, he is a good businessman. And whether we agree with the prices, the charge, charging for upgrades, and, and whatever else, however you look at it, people still keep subscribing. People still keep paying for it. In fact, most, a lot of fans are happy to pay the higher price. Um, you know, and when they see in that and when they're looking at their books, looking at their numbers and seeing, you know, say, even though we put the price of the PlayStation five up, they're still hard to get hold of and going through the roof to them. Well, we, you know, we've made, uh, we've, we made the right choice. Cause we're making even more money because we're saving on components and stuff. So yeah. however we look at it, they are making money. They're doing, he, as far as his board's concerned, he's doing a good job. Again, oh. he's like Phil Spencer. He can't go and say anything publicly without clearing it through um, PR, the board, everything's looked at and seen before anything is said. Now, these men aren't stupid who just come online and just say stuff for the, se for the sake of staying stuff. They're, uh, they literally have to, it all goes through these different departments before anything is said. So I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. I don't, uh, I don't think the things he said is actually all that, indicative of good business practices and he he couldn't get away with it if he wasn't speaking for the playstation brand right i think that brand carries enough clout and influence and favor that he can get away with a lot of the stuff they've done but imagine if xbox was saying and doing the things that playstation has done i, yeah. I don't think it would be nearly as well received i'm gonna disagree with you bro well oh, i mean no, no. Oh no, it'd be dis they'd be disagreed with. Oh, I don't agree. I don't, I'm not saying that what he's doing, I fully agree with or anyone else. But I mean, from the um, 
the company side of it. It's the company that are happy with what he's doing and the way he's doing it. And yeah. Xbox are the same, the happy way Phil Spencer's doing stuff. But, you know, Xbox, it's always a, an uphill battle. It always has been, and it probably always will be an uphill battle with anything that they do. But Well, and that's yeah. probably to our favor that Xbox has to, I mean, they, they kind of have to be flawless, which I'm not saying they are, but they have to be flawless or any weakness they have will be highlighted and exaggerated and they have to improve on that point where PlayStation could really do a pretty poor jo- job across several capacities and be forgiven. Yeah. That's I think it. I think what they're doing um, is similar, but I think their demands is kind of where it's different. Because like if PlayStation had something that was going to stay off of Xbox and Phil Spencer went to negotiate, they may offer him a three year deal and he'd be like, done. But PlayStation, you know, Xbox is offering PlayStation 10 years and they're like, nope, we want it off Game Pass. You know, so it kind of feels like um, the, the techniques and the strategies are the same, but their demands and what they actually want you know, to, to have that cooperation, that's probably what would be different. Because yeah. it, it kind of seems like PlayStation knows they're on the short end of the stick right now as far as a lot of different aspects of gaming. Now, they have things that are going right for them, you know, like the PlayStation VR 2 and other things. But as far as, especially with Game Pass, because Game Pass is so big, it feels like that's that's kind of what they're fighting against, and that's why some of their demands might be a little um, more steep than something Xbox would demand. Mm. Uh, just looking at Gogopo's uh, comment, he says, I think it's all Jim Ryan's strategy or his idea to be super aggressive against the deal. That's that he has to be, he has to be against it, he has to f- actively fight against it because it's not in PlayStation's best interest that this deal goes through. It's not, yeah. And to be honest, if they turn around and say, Yeah, we haven't got a problem with it, just do what you want. It's you know he, he probably won't have a job by the end of the week. You know he's he's got to fight it, whether he agrees with any of it or not. His job is is to not let this deal go through, so he can get as many years dealing and exclusivity on Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard King so. games as possible. And yeah, when he says sense. it's already backfiring because now it doesn't pass, Microsoft has no reason to play nice. And I agree. If the deal doesn't go through, I think we're going to see a very aggressive Microsoft and they're just going to chuck loads of money at every um, third-party game possible to get it in the service, no matter the cost. Yeah, Luke Steele did bring up a fair point. I mean, we, we don't honestly know if Sony doesn't want the game to go to Game Pass. I don't think they've said that officially. I'm sure they've they've said that internally, but of course that's just speculation on our part until something actually comes out. But I mean, you got to look at the situation where Xbox, Microsoft offered them a ten-year deal with Call of Duty, and they that's still not good enough for them. So, so I what mean, you also got to bear in mind, Sentinel, is when Luke well, says these things, he is an M and A lawyer. He understands. Yeah. What no, and I, I understand the, that, the, and that's why I said he the, makes a good point. You know, because angle, until yeah. they say something publicly. <laughs> You know, from the outside, it's just us speculating, you know, why PlayStation didn't accept that 10 years. It, it doesn't make sense because it's like if I was running PlayStation and Microsoft said, hey, you know, 10 years. I'm like, that's straight because that's for the rest of this generation and probably the first couple of years for next generation. But again, you know, from us on the outside looking in, um, there's no real way to tell what's going on, what what they how they want to negotiate this sort of situation and why PlayStation refused that. And until they announce something publicly, again, everything that you see in podcasts and online is going to be all speculation from the outside. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know it's many interesting. It's good. probably yeah. disagree. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a good. It's 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 interesting to see what's going to happen, where it's going to go. Like say, Luke says we don't know if somebody wants it for yeah. two or not going game pass or not. Um, and like I say, no, they haven't actually mentioned anything about going into Game Pass or into PlayStation Plus or anything like that. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what happens because maybe that could be a deal. Maybe um, Xbox try and do the smart thing and say, right, when it comes into Game Pass, won't go into Game Pass for the first, let's just say, six months maybe as, as an example. But after that, it's going to drop into Game Pass, but we'll drop it into playstation plus as well that way they can still make money off a la carte deals in that first six months but also then get a cut for everyone that downloads it on the playstation service as well as xbox because you know that might is a chance that could kind of you know bring playstation around a bit saying it might bring more people into our subscription service because yeah. it's going to be in there six months after release is a, is well, a possibility. And they're still they're still trying to get this new uh, three tier PlayStation Plus thing off the ground. You know, it's interesting because um, I think they you had a lot of people that 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 subscribed to the old PlayStation Plus plan, and you know I did too. I did for years and years. But this mm. new three tier plan where it's more expensive and where it, it can be a little confusing if you're not um, you know savvy with this sort of thing. Um, you know, it's it's going to take some more effort for them to get it off the ground. And I think until they really get this new PlayStation Plus system in place and it's really pulling in the numbers, um, they're going to be somewhat antagonistic, even if it's not officially. Internally, they're going to be yeah. pretty antagonistic towards uh, Game Pass because they Game Pass has it figured out. You know, it's not overly confusing. You know, it's like if you don't want to include multiplayer, it's just Game Pass. If you want to include multiplayer Xbox Live, then it's Game Pass Ultimate. And they're probably going to phase out Xbox Live. We don't know yet. Some people have talked about that. But right now, Xbox Live plus PlayStation Plus is Game Pass Ultimate. Very simple. Um, yeah. You know, so many titles day one. So PlayStation is trying to get their new PlayStation Plus three tiers off the ground and trying to figure it out. And I kind of feel like once they figure that out, that, um, you know, once they figure out what they're doing and they, they get it where they can communicate it clear and consistently with their consumers they may not be as antagonistic towards Game Pass because they'll be like, well, we have this working for us, so now we can compete on even ground. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd like to see them drop Live. I think that would be quite a, a big thing for Xbox. If they could drop yeah. Xbox Live and yes. it's free. Online's free, free to play, games free. If you've got any games you own, play them online with your mates. We party chat for free because I think... Yeah, I'd so uh, chat or if one of you guys might have to um, double check it for me or just make sure I'm right or wrong. Um, is it that Xbox Party Chat is still tied to Xbox Live, or had did they drop that? Because I know there was talk about dropping it, but I never because yeah. I've always had it myself. I don't know if yeah, off the top of my did. head, I don't remember. Um, I know that was that was that was something people were talking about. Um, we we, looked, we looked this up even. like an episode or two ago, and I, you can do party chat without gold. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Yeah. So Again, if, the, the reason why I didn't know is because, like me and my teenagers, we've had we've had Xbox Live Gold for years, so I I had no idea if you could do it without it. No, I, I know why you guys didn't know. It's because I said it, and you guys keep me muted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, only only like half the time. 
<laughs> See? Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it'd be, you know, it'd be good if you could just do away with it, have Game Pass. I think I, I, I remember a while ago when they were the talk that, you know, we, we thought Ubisoft Plus was coming to um, the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, and there was a chance that that's when they were going to drop the Xbox Live and then rework the tier system so you could just have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or Ultimate Plus where you get all you know all the games plus their expansions and, and what have you. Um so it'd be it's you know it'd be interesting to see where they do go in the future with it. Um I, I wouldn't say Xbox subscription sides um confusing or anything like that. Yeah. Um you've got the you have got the free tier system, same as PlayStation, you've got the free tier system, but the PlayStation ones just you can tell the they've kind of rushed into it than planned it out because the premium you'd have to be absolutely insane to want to go PlayStation Plus Premium because they're treating it like it's the um third cousin that lives in the closet. And right. chuck you the chuck you the odd backwards compatibility game from the PlayStation One or whatever you might or the get the VR two. guy that uh, hangs out in the podcast. I get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, but the extra tier is full of VR games and stuff, and they've got loads of decent stuff in there. The extra tier is where they're all concentrating. Now you can tell that's what they're they're putting everything into. That's where all the games are going. Premiums just giving you access to. PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games, but the the catalog's so small, and they seem to take more off you than they give you, so yeah. I, I don't know. X, Xbox are definitely superior in it. Um, I don't think PlayStation would touch it anytime soon, and if they came close, Microsoft would just open that checkbook, and you would just see it change again, but competition's good. Competition means we benefit. And even yeah. with all the console wars, you see it all going on. People say, my box is better than your box. My subscription is better than your subscription. Yeah. As long as they're competing and there's competition, they're gonna. these companies are going to strive to do us better and get us better deals and us better games on the platforms. And I'm, I'm, all, for, I'm all for that. You know, another benefit of having Game Pass is that we're finally getting Battlefield 2042. Hell yeah. Finally, Battlefield 2042 is coming to Game Pass on November 22nd, and um, I, I think a lot of us have been saying, you know, with the poor launch of Battlefield 2042, it, it made more sense to bring uh, Battlefield 2042 to Game Pass a lot sooner than they did, but I think they were just trying to see if these updates that they released since launch helped to increase the numbers, and it obviously hasn't, um, enough at least to keep it off Game Pass. But I'm, I'm happy that Battlefield 2042 is coming to Game Pass Ultimate because now you're going to have these people that um, haven't played it yet or played the trial and weren't really impressed. They're going to be playing it and um, they're going to help to um, increase those um, you know, current player counts that are important for people that uh, you know, put out these types of games. What are you thinking about 2042 coming to Game Pass Animated Pest or Friendly Pest? <laughs> Getting Animated to, uh, Pest. <laughs> now you're animated pest because you got your little uh you know you got your little picture up there is animated so no friendly pest uh 2042 what are your thoughts on this coming to uh game pass no i like i said uh i just bought it so that's why it's coming to game pass you're welcome oh um kind of like washing your car whenever it's uh you know whenever it's sunny out and then it rains the next day exactly or buying a motorcycle oh. um no uh, i've been playing it quite a bit since i bought it and uh, i think it's I think it's really improved a ton from the beta. I think the beta was a horrible idea and gave it a bad look. 
they should have worked on it more before that point. It just delayed it altogether. But I, I had a good time playing it. I like the pacing because it's a little slower. It's a little less hectic. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it finds new legs in Game Pass. But I've not had any trouble at all finding a match even before this coming to the library. Uh, I would say my average wait time has been like 10 or 20 seconds to get into a match. And it's it's a good game. I'm looking forward to playing it with you guys. What about you, BMG, since uh, it seems like subs dropped off? Yeah, yeah. I think he's having issues uh internet or something but he, he, we lost him there uh, just before as well uh yeah well obviously because when I, I remember when battlefield 2042 was uh revealed absolutely looked amazing i was it was a day one buy for me um and then when it when the reviews dropped and the reviews didn't look very good i was quite a bit disappointed so i thought right i'll hold off i'll wait till the game's actually in players hands that people that pick it up and we'll uh We'll see see what happens, and then got into people's hands. People weren't happy with it. Core features were missing, and I was like, "No, no, that's it. I'm old enough. I'm not. I'm not bothering." Um, so sod that. And then um, when the seen improvements, things have got better and better. And then also seen that it's coming to Game Pass. Well, Game Pass EA Play. So you have to have, you can't just have Game Pass. You have to have Game yep. Pass Ultimate, which gives right. you access to EA Play because that's technically the service it's coming into is EA Play, which you do get free with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And I currently have it downloading to my console because I'm quite excited now to jump into it because now I don't have to put down all that money to may or may not play the game once or twice and think, nah, it's just too awful. Now I can try it and uh, and see see what I think. But I'm looking forward to it. The last one I played was Battlefield 4. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't keen on 5. wasn't keen on like the World War style of it. Everybody loves Battlefield 4. Everybody still loves it. Oh, I love that. Not me, bro. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Remember being up in the ta- up in that high rise building with snipers, and then all yep. everyone would turn up with the tanks, bring oh. the tower down. Yep. Oh, classic classics! Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, I'm looking forward to it. it. It kind of it kind of feels like the writing was on the wall before Bobby Kodak came in and screwed everything up. The writing was on the wall for EA to be acquired by Xbox by PlayStation because you have you know all those EA games in Game Pass uh, Ultimate. And it, it felt like they had a like they had a relationship going and they were ready for it, you know, and Call of Duty and, you know, all, all these franchises kind of caught Microsoft's eye when Bobby Kotick comes in and says, hey, buy us. You know, it, 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 it sucked because it's like, in my opinion, I think if they would have acquired Electronic Arts rather than Activision Blizzard, PlayStation would, would not have put up as much of a fight. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, and I, I, you know, it's like this this whole Activision Blizzard thing. There's so much more resistance to it than we saw with Bethesda or any of these other acquisitions. And yeah, I understand the whole, you know, the crazy stuff going on at Activision Blizzard. You know, um, especially with all those employees getting abused, and pretty much this is the only way to fire Bobby Kotick. But it still has me wishing that they would have acquired EA anyway. You know, because we wouldn't have had to wait for 2042. Um, we wouldn't have had to wait for, I think it was Jedi Fallen Order had released and it, it wasn't on the service for months and months. But um, I think they have a good relationship now. I, I I kind of feel like with 2042 coming to Game Pass, I kind of wonder if there's any possibility that we're going to see that new Need for Speed game come to the service within the first six months. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I know Electronic Arts wants to, you know, they're going to want to push units. They're going to want to get millions and millions of copies sold. But Game Pass is making a lot of money. You've got to, it's making enough money to get all these third-party games on it, you know? So you you got to wonder, with Electronic Arts really trying to improve their public image, if there's some some sort of deal going on right now to maybe get need for speed on the service within the first six months, you know, because they, they have Battlefield 2042 coming to the service a year later, you know, I mean, I guess anything's possible with Electronic Arts next uh, Xbox, you know? Yeah, I, I think it was EA EA's last earning call. They actually said it's they've actually made a hell load more money, and it seems to be a brilliant thing for their games having it a part of Game Pass. There's that they're very impressed with it, and I think that's what's kind of steering Ubisoft into that direction. They're seeing, hang on a minute, we can make money having these games on this service. Not yeah. all day and day. Some of them come in, like, say, six months later, 12 months later, you know, what, whatever it is, and they're still making money off them games, you know, when they've kind of squeezed everything they can out of, you know, buying a la carte, and then they're getting people, then they're getting a cut from a subscription service as well. It benefits them. And to be honest, I think um, Battlefield 2042, I would have probably put it in the service sooner to try and get more people in, but Obviously, there is that possibility they were holding off just to um, try and polish it up first, maybe, and then put it in Game Pass, bringing a whole new audience and revive it. Because I do, I do obviously think now Call of Duty's out and Battlefield's going to struggle more, and it's you know yeah. it is going to. But if you then have access to, I think what's Game Pass at the moment? Uh, the last number we got twenty five million, I think we last yeah. got announced. Yeah, so that's potentially 25 million new players to play the game, which is a lot. That is a hell of a lot of um, player base diving into the game to play yeah. it at no extra cost for them. And, well, and, if they you, enjoy it, and you're exactly cool. right, you know, because, I, I mean, how many of those users on Game Pass, when you're looking for something new to play, you pick a title that you might not have played before or that you wouldn't, you just wouldn't have picked? And you check it out and you realize you like it and you end up buying it to support those developers. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You end up, even if you don't buy the game, so say like, yeah, right, I've got it in Game Pass. Um, it's going to be it's going to be in Game Pass for the next 12 months or whatever, just for example. Um, I'm not going to buy the game because I've got it in Game Pass, but I'll buy some cosmetics. I'll buy the expansions. Um, you know, there's the other opportunity. Well, when I fell off Destiny a long time ago, and then when I came back into it, because it landed in Game Pass and the expansions landed in Game Pass. And I found, well, I'm not going to buy them because they're in Game Pass, but I was spending money on cosmetics because um, I felt like, well, I've saved money because I've not had to buy all these things outright because I'm already yeah. paying in a subscription service. So just, you know, so I give a bit more to the developer um, to show a bit more appreci appreciation. I was picking up some cosmetics and things and, um, it was, and, and I, I think that's what a lot of people do. I think there was um, the la not the last earnings call, but the earnings call before that. Um, yeah. There was a huge increase in people buying um, the battle passes, cosmetics, and the odd expansions for games that they were playing in Game Pass, and they were seeing there was a huge increase in that because people weren't putting that initial money down to get the the the, the game in the first place. So it's it can be a win-win for some developers, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, 
some of these developers definitely need a boost. Um, I would say uh, Volition needs a boost with their uh, Saints Row reboot. It didn't do too well. And in fact, they're getting folded into Gearbox, according to what Embracer Group, their parent company, has announced. Have you guys heard about this? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, go, Pest, I'll let you go first. I think I've done a bit too much yeah. talking. Well, <laughs> <laughs> friendly Pest, please uh, let us know what you think about that. Uh, what was the name of that game again? Saint, it, it was the Saints Row reboot. Saints Row, yeah. That yep. the, the, they fold them together. It's, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, the game wasn't really on my radar. I think uh, they should have played a little more to their core audience, which was kind of the absurd, over the top humor. And they I think they thought that maybe they had a game that was good enough to stand without that. And uh, seems like they might have been wrong about that. So I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't particularly interested and pay too much attention. If it came to Game Pass, I might try it. Otherwise, not too interested. So I don't have a lot to say on that one. Right, right. Your thoughts, BMG? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a shame because obviously the Volition was was bought and brought into the fold, um, as well as Gearbox and uh, obviously many, 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 many more developers that the Embracer has embraced into the family, as they say. Um, but yeah, from Saints Row, they played it too safe. Um, it wasn't the game that everyone thought it was going to be. Uh, we was expecting, you know, this big, you know, again, checkbook behind them. They could go back to the roots, make Saints Row as good as it was when it, you know, when, from the originals, put more into it, um, make it bigger and better. And they just played everything safe because they was worried about offending everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I've only, I've, I haven't played the game. Uh, I did hold off. I have I've seen a lot of videos and stuff, and a lot of people talking about it. Um, Redders from XBL and Ash, I'm a Ghostbuster from XBL Party Podcast. They um, they both got it, played it, reviewed it. Um, so go and check that out, guys, if you want to watch a review. But it, it, they were saying the same sort of thing. Um, they played it too safe. Um, the for the story they were telling, the characters they had didn't make sense. You had these hip young people wanting to revive this, you know, the saints and stuff like that, and it just didn't make sense. And and I think that's what's lost them. If, had they, you know, if they had they just done what they did with um, Destroy All Humans and just remaster it, make it play in 4K 60, you could have remastered the original three, and that and that would have made way more money than what this game's made. And then yeah. or do or do what they've done about the um, other game that I think I'd, we may or may not talk about. I don't know uh, with the Legacy of Kane, where they did a, a big survey. The, you know, I, I did the survey. I filled the survey out. It took me about ten minutes to do it, um, but they went into detail what you wanted to see, what you wanted to do, what you would yeah. have preferred, and they could have gone down that route before they did anything. And and it's obviously it, what they did didn't pay off. Um, the game didn't do well critically. Um, yeah. It wasn't very well received. And then they now looking at thinking that we've got all these hundreds of devs now we we have to start consolidating and moving things around volition didn't do that well with saints row and now they fold them into gearbox which which is a shame because volition is a really good studio it was it they did, they did some good stuff and hopefully them even though they've been folded into gearbox maybe they'll make another Saints Row game, but maybe go back to the roots, maybe do some remasters or something like that with the um, all the engine and the power behind them with um, Gearbox. But uh, 
I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a shame to see. Uh, I hope nobody loses the jobs. Um I do hope uh, you know they can come back with something soon. But that's the nature of the game, you know, in the way things are today. Um it, it it's just uh, it's, I f- sorry, I think um, Stubbs says he's backstage. I think. I don't know if it's his internet or something that's playing up. He says he was backstage. Is he at the bottom there? Is he showing at the bottom? Uh, no, not yet. All right. Uh, Stubbs, if you're listening, if you add yourself back in, then Sentinel can, can add you in or pest. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you know, maybe their problem was they just entered too crowded a market. They should have went to a you know a more generous ground and made a VR game instead. They could have done that. I think that would have been interesting. Um yeah, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of, of VR games, you know, in the crime in the open world crime action game. Um, I, I think that would have been interesting. Um, I, I think, you know, I think they um, they kind of set themselves up for failure with the new Saints Row game. You know, I pre-ordered it because um, I'm a big fan of open world sandbox games, and um, you know, when I played through it, it, it felt like. Um, it kind of felt like it was fan fiction. Um, to, to explain that, uh, I'll use the new Matrix movie kind of as an example. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It didn't feel like it was made by the same people. It felt like fan fiction, like it was people who are just fans of the franchise that all got together and happened to you know, convince Keanu Reeves to make the movie, and that's how the new Matrix movie happened. It didn't feel like it belonged in the same universe. It felt like fan fiction. That's that's kind of how this Saints Row game felt. Like it didn't, um, it just didn't belong in the Saints Row universe because, you know, I mean, if you would have had, you know, you had Johnny Gat, you had Shandi, you had Pierce, they would have beat the hell out of this new group of Saints within like thirty seconds. It just exactly. felt like it, it just felt like it did not belong in the Saints Row universe. You know, um, the way they conducted themselves. It's not like hardened criminals, you know. And and it's like I've known a lot of people. I've known a lot of people that get out of college and they're trying to pay their student loans. None of them, none of them have ever considered going into a life of crime to pay their student loans. You know, and that was, a, that was the, yeah. the motivation for this group, this new group of saints to become criminals because they're going to pay their, uh, their student loans off. You know, it's like, it's like if they were the type they were going to partake in a life of crime, they probably wouldn't have gone to college anyway. You know, just, it's like, why waste your time four years in college getting a degree and then, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to become a criminal and start, you know, and it's just it, the whole the whole premise was just stupid. And it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the people that originally made the Saints Row uh, franchise, like they were no longer there or like, you know, they go to the door and they they try their little they, they try their little ID card to get in. And they're like, I'm sorry, you're not allowed. Your ID card's been uh, deactivated. It kind of felt like the people that could have made this franchise successful and positive. Um, like they just weren't brought on board. And uh, another big problem is when the fans who are passionate about this and may know more about, you know, the, the series than the developers, when these developers started, um, you know, completely saying, Oh, we're not going to listen to any of this feedback. And then after it came out, you know, you had some people that were directly associated with this studio disrespecting the fans on social media. It's not a good look, you know, it's not a good look. Um, You look at the Sonic movie, Fans came out, they said they didn't like the original uh, look of Sonic, and they delayed it, and they reworked it, and it came out and it was spectacular. It's like, that's what you should do. It's like, these people are fans for a reason. You know, they support 
your brand. They support whatever your product is. And if they have feedback, you should listen to them because you're selling to them. You know, if you come out with something like Saints Row, where there's obviously a cult following for this Saints Row franchise, and they're telling you this and telling you that, and you're like, no, I'm not even listening to any of that. It's it's a new take. It's a modern take, whatever. You know, it's like Saints Row is not a modern franchise. Saints Row should just be a franchise. You know, however yeah, Saints yeah. Row is, I mean, that that's the mood. That's the theme. That's the feel you should go with. Not your modern take on this. Oh, college kids are going to take up a life of crime. Are you kidding me? It's like, that's like the stupidest premise I've ever heard in my life. You know, if they're taking up a life of crime, you know, then um, white collar crime or something, you know, it's not going to be them robbing a, uh, a check cashing place or, or stuff like they're doing in this game. It just made no sense, you know, but the whole situation, um, you know, the whole situation with Saints Row was, um, it was just a, a tremendous a tremendously missed opportunity because, um, you know, aside from Red Dead Redemption 2, we haven't really had a lot of open world crime action games show up in the past few years, and they had a chance to really knock it out of the park. And they dropped the ball because they didn't respect the fan base, and they didn't really listen to what made the Saints great. That, that's just my opinion on the situation. You know, they didn't listen to the fans. No, I agree. And I was never that big a fan of the franchise, but you're right. It's been a long time since we'd had a new release in that category. And there's a lot of opportunity there. Maybe, uh, I don't know. They definitely, they definitely didn't respect what people expected from the franchise though. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I am, I am glad to see though, that, um, the creators or the developers behind uh, legacy of Kane respect the fan base crystal dynamics said it hears fans loud and clear after over a hundred thousand responses to a recent survey about a potential potential legacy of Kane revival and you know i hear about legacy of Kane all the time you know going through the going through these different uh threads on twitter and you see people asking about legacy of Kane. they want to see it back and it's great to see that crystal dynamics is like hey we hear you you know we hear you loud and clear it's it's great that they uh they're actually admitting that, you know, they're listening to fans. What are your thoughts on a possible legacy of Kane revival? I have no thoughts as I've never played it. Uh, so really, I like, Crystal, I like Crystal Dynamics work, though. I was like most of the stuff they, they make, I like, but I've never played the originals. Yeah, it kind of feels like they're underrated. You know, Crystal Dynamics in general, it kind of feels like they're underrated. What are your thoughts on legacy of Kane, BMG? Give me the originals remastered i love the legacy of kane series uh always you know razzle was an awesome character um i think now with what there is now where technology is now they could do a proper remake even not remaster let's have a remake let's rebuild that game the original from the ground up um it was amazing you know flicking between the two worlds and stuff like that um, it was a brilliant series, sucking the souls out of people and, and that. Oh, it was brilliant, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, even the Owen games, I love them, part of the Alexia Kane series. Um, I, I want to see it come back. Um, I would like, I, I think before I got a new game, I would like them to, I say, remaster or remake the originals uh, so it can kind of bring people into what the series is. Because I think if you just released a new game in the series, you're not 
going to get many that are going to know what it is. They're going to look and go, what's this? I've never never heard of this because if they yeah. make the next game, the next game's clearly going to be a continuation of the previous games and no one's going to know what's going on. Um, you do some remasters first or remakes, you know, which, whichever's, you know, probably remasters going to be the cheaper to do. Yeah. Bring them bring them out, you know, probably get them in a subscription service um, or bring them in and sell them at a low price. Um, let people try them, get them to want to play uh, a continuation in that story. But yeah, the worlds were amazing. The characters were amazing. Um, it, I did, I did feel it, at some points it was sort of ahead of its time. The whole dual world thing, flick, flicking between them, uh, and and it's just a shame with the technology they had then they couldn't flesh it out enough. But um, from looking at you know what they've been asking. Uh, in this survey and what they want in wanting to see what people want, I think that's only going to be good for us. Uh, I like say being a fan of the series, um, getting that email to ask me to fill out a survey, and then it was in Twitter as well, so you could go in and do it. I think they had a hundred thousand um, questionnaires filled out, so yeah. you know it's. It's not a huge number in the grand scale of things, you know. If if you're basing a game just off a hundred thousand people, you, the game's not going to do very well because if you cater it to that hundred thousand people, you're potentially alienating millions upon millions. But yeah. if you can remaster the originals, make them look better, let everyone have a play of them, then maybe come back again with a another sort of survey that's not as complicated as long as the other one and maybe get a bit more feedback when you've got more of a modern player base uh, or the younger player base, should I say, have a, have a go at these games and see what we think. But yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for I, it. I agree that, you know, with the remasters, it kind of feels like that's a good stepping stone. You know, because some of these franchises that people are real passionate about, some of these newer gamers, or like like myself, I've never played Legacy of Kane, but I hear a lot of people talk about it, you know. And um, some of these remasters or remakes, um, it allows the developers to bring, to bring these games to um, a new audience while adding things that are essential, like quality of life improvements. Like, you know, some of the older games, like um, I think Devil May Cry, you know, the older games had uh, camera issues, you know, but these quality life improvements for some of the remasters or remakes, you can fix those issues while still keeping the same feel of the games that you want to bring to this new audience. And I think if they're looking at remastering or remaking, you know, some of these older games before they're bringing something like Legacy of Kane back in a completely new reboot, I think that's a great move because it helps to get a potential audience as well as the older audience reinvested in the franchise. You know, it sets yeah. it up for success. Well, you look at um, the um, oh, Destroy All Humans. They, they've literally just remastered one and two. Brilliant. At the, the stuff that, you know, it, it's not amazing cutting edge, um, but some of the stuff they've done is, uh, is, is really good. And it's, it's made, it's got people into them. They both have land, landed in game pass. Uh, they've just taken the first one out. The second remasters in there now reprobed, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they'll do the third game because the third one was awful. It was really bad. So I can't see them redo it, but, I, maybe it's a stepping stone. Say right, we've re-released these two games, we remastered them. They've come to good 
reception. They've had a lot, you know, a lot of people have played them. They got them in a subscription service, which clearly works really well for them because I think they came out and said they've done absolutely amazing, done brilliant. And I think then we're going to see something in the future where they could say, right, this is what the kind of game they want, they enjoy. Let's make a new Destroy All Humans. And then they can make a new game. Now everyone's had a chance to play the old game. So, yeah. Um, and hopefully we can do the same with Legacy of Kane and uh, see where we go from there. UK Dazarus is only 27. You're not 27. You're older than me. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wishes he was 27. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, dear. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah well, it'd be interesting. Interesting to see. Talking about. Um you know, revivals and reboots and such. Ubisoft is finally, you know, showing, I think they showed a screenshot from the Splinter Cell remake that they're doing. Mm. Which um, I think a lot of people have been asking for for quite a while. And, um, you know, it's great that Ubisoft was actually listening. It's like the last game was what, Splinter Cell... Um, Oh, what was it? It was like Splinter Cell Blacklist or something on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Long time ago, people have been asking for it. They had like a couple of missions, I think, that they added to Ghost Recon Wildlands. And people have been really adamant and really vocal about, uh, you know, Sam Fisher coming back. And it's great to see that Ubisoft is finally showing the screenshot off and saying, hey, here you go. We've been listening to you. Here is what we have so far. Just a little teaser of um, what it's going to look like. What are your thoughts on the Splinter Cell uh, remake? Hey, me or Pest? Uh, we'll go with you. We'll go All with right. you first. Uh, yeah. Um, like I say, uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist, the, the last one that they did, um, they used a different voice actor, went for a bit of a younger Sam Fisher. I don't, I don't know why they went in that direction, but it was actually a really, really good game. Um, the way they presented it, the way they did each mission, you know, you, you kind of like walked along and saw the name of the the level you was on kind of like on the wall and stuff it was it's really really good um but it kind of obviously got stuck on that free on the 360 um you can actually get it backwards compatibility and it runs at 4k 60 on the xbox series s and x or 1080p 60 on the on the series s but it, it looks absolutely beautiful if you played Assassin's Creed Unity recently. That feels like a brand new game running at 4K 60 on the on the series consoles. Um, so I recommend picking it up if anyone's um, wants to go back. So I think currently it's part of the Black Friday deal, and I think it's coming about in the UK. It's about five twenty nine, I think yeah. thereabouts. So it's fairly cheap to pick up. Uh, but yeah, they've literally shoved Sam Fisher in everything but his own game. He's been in yeah. a mobile game that got cancelled. Um, they were doing that. Um, oh, what was that battle royal type game where you could be? They had like different factions. One of the factions was um, the Echelon Nine or whichever. Yeah, it was. yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that that I don't even I don't even think it came out. I think I remember it being announced, but I think they ended up scrapping it in the end. I think I'm not I'm not 100 sure on that one. Um, but yeah, and they put in like saying. Obviously, Ghost Recon games. He's literally been in everything but his own game, and that's all everyone's wanted. We just want a new Splinter Cell. And now they yeah. turn around and said, yeah, we're, we're not going to give you a new Splinter Cell game. We're just going to remake the original, which, to be honest, I think a lot of fans will be happy with. And, you know, you've got to remember, it's a franchise that goes back to the original Xbox, the original game. 
uh, yeah. does uh, Splinter Cell. So you are going to see more of them maybe, again, like what we've just been talking about with um, like Destroy All Humans and Legacy of Kane, remake the original, yeah. bring people back into the franchise. You can buy them all on backwards compatibility, but yeah, you get a full remake of the original. That sets you up for where you can move the story forward because you're probably going to see them redo the same with the other games. Yeah. Um, you know, mate, well, up to Pandora Tomorrow. Was that the second one, I think, thereabouts? I think, was it the third one, Pandora Tomorrow? On the I Sunday. don't remember off the top of my head. I think it was the second. I could be wrong. Chat if you know that you know. Let let me know. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to to see to see where it goes. Um, it, it looks good. You know, yeah, we've only seen concept art screenshots look amazing because obviously it's a still. But yeah, it's how they're going to bring a game like that up to date. Um, as we know, the remaster re remade the remaster of Last of Us Part One. But it's still the same controls, um, yeah. which is, you know, a bit strange. You'd thought with them updating everything, the controls would have got overhaul as well, and they didn't. So, and if I remember, I remember four years ago, I went to a, a gaming convention and they had a retro area, and they yeah. had an X- Xbox original Xbox out there with the original Splinter Cell. So I thought oh, I'll give this a bash. I've played Splinter Cell in years, and it was awful. Played absolutely abysmal, and I thought, "How did we play games back then?" It's just like, boom. well, yeah, it's because you didn't have the, uh, you know, the upgraded uh, control system and all the stuff that they've developed over time. Obviously, yeah, yes, exactly. So, yeah, it'd be. I, I like the idea of having the game remade before they go into a sequel. Remake the first two or three games before you do an actual sequel. But the downside is the longer it takes them. The older um, the voice actor for Sam Fisher's um, getting, I can't remember his Iron Summer Ironside. I can't remember his Michael first Ironside. Name. That's it, Michael Ironside. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I couldn't remember it. But <laughs> yeah. he's, yep. he's not he's not exactly a young chap anymore. Um, yeah. So you know they're kind of going to have to get on with these games if they're going to want him back to voice it, right. uh, voice the character. That's if he is. You know we don't. We don't actually know. I don't think they announced or haven't really announced much yet. I don't even know if uh, Michael Ironside's even coming back to voice Sam Fisher. They might decide to do what um, they did with Metal Gear Solid Five, and they recast uh, David Hayter, who's played Solid Snake and Big Boss in every single game, and um, recast him with Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. which was awful, which is the biggest mistake ever made. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they if they're going to have him back, if they're going to recast him, if they're going to try and reboot the series from remaking the first game. I don't know. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been Splinter Cell's been gone for too long. It's it's time we get another one. Definitely agree. Um, I think there's room for Splinter Cell to really um, do well because, like you said, we've been without it for a while. So it'll be interesting to see um, how well it does. Hmm. Um, there is um, an update, I guess, to Xbox. It's a November update. It lets players join Discord voice channels directly from their console. It also includes Discord audio improvements, plus a new wish list and game capture features. Um, what are your thoughts on this new update that lets players join Discord voice channels? What uh, 
the the discord part's interesting to me i'm not as as familiar with it wonder uh, if, if it's super intuitive i think it's great because i know quite a few people that game on discord chat primarily so uh but it, it'll, it'll matter entirely how intuitive it is right because if i got to work for it i'm not going to bother um, yeah but especially for cross-play games i think that's pretty awesome did they did they specify how they're improving the capture app etc um i'm not sure to be honest let me see i know they said um I'm looking for the capture app. Let me see. Microsoft said today's update includes a new capture app offering improved viewing, management, and editing features. These include increased bit rate for playback of 720p and 1080p clips on the Series X and S, and the ability to copy game clips and screenshots directly to an external drive. Oh, nice. That's a, I think that, that's been a long time, long time coming. I think that'll be a huge improvement, uh, especially for people that like to record and share content, which... I've taken favor to the current yeah. apps old and slow and frustrating and sometimes won't let you see your stuff. And so I, I like that a lot. What are your thoughts on it, BMG? Well, obviously the, was it last month or the month before they actually introduced discord onto the Xbox? Cause if you went onto discord now, there's actually an option on the bottom of discord to connect straight to your Xbox. Yeah. So if you, so you can switch the audio over, but now they've been, but it was very limited. Um, but now you can actually on your console, you get the app on your console. The hardest bit with Discord and Xbox is the linking Discord to Xbox. It's a bit of a bit of a faff for about five minutes, but then once it's done, it, it's, it runs nice and smooth. It actually works really well. Uh, but you can literally be, say, you're playing Xbox um, and everyone's on Discord. All you've got to do on your console is click Discord, Click the channel that everyone's in. That's it. You're on headsets with um, in Discord in that channel, and that's it. It's as simple as that. So whether someone's playing on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, whatever, whoever's just on the phone, uh, you know, on a microphone like we are now, anything like that, everyone can just talk together seamlessly on whatever you're on, as if you're all just in a party chat at the exact same time on a console or, or PC. So it's it's good. It's good. It's good integration. Uh, it's very strange though because um, it was it a couple of months ago. PlayStation announced the partnership with Discord, where they've bought in part of Discord, they bought shares in Discord, and they were they announced it was coming. Yeah. Um, so you would assume with their announcement first and everything that they would get everything first, but there is still no Discord on PlayStation, which is strange as a native app so if i wanted to talk with someone on playstation now um i think if if they as long as they were on discord from whatever headset they were using we would all be linked uh, yeah. but i do believe it's meant to be coming now i think it fully integrated as xbox is early next year and um, whether there's it's an issue i'm assuming it's an issue on the back end is why we're still waiting but Xbox have always been quite good with the party chats and stuff, and the you know they're pretty much disc. You know, if you've got a PC, laptop, or anything that's win running Windows or anything like that, you you probably got Discord on anyway. So it was probably quite an easy flick of a switch, so to speak, on the back end of stuff to get it all activated. So, but no, it's good. It's good. It's it's knowing that you can. You know, you don't have to use the party chat. You can yeah. use Discord. You can have people drop in and out. 
um, you know, from different things while while you're playing. If you if you were streaming games, everyone's audio could be included through um, the chat and stuff like that. So it's it's good. Uh, it's nice to see these sort of things are being integrated more and more better, and uh, it's only going to get better as time goes on. I think. I completely agree. I think um, I'm a new user to Discord, so uh, you know I'm still getting used to it. But I think having this feature in Xbox and all these um, improvements that they've been making. It's definitely a step in the right direction, and I think a lot of people are really going to appreciate it, especially those that use, you know, the Discord voice chat um, on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna do now, but it's better. It's better for uh, communities. It's better for people. It's better for everyone in the in the long run. And the fact that these things just keep improving. Are there going to be TV on the way? Of course, there's going to be. There's going to be issues here and there, but. Um, Xbox always seem to be on the forefront of innovating on the software side. I think over, you know, over over consoles. But yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I know, I like it. Outstanding. And with that, that's a wrap on episode eight Stasis Chat podcast. Everyone who showed up, everyone who's checking it out, thank you so much. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Obviously. Like this video, share it with your friends, those that may enjoy our podcast, those that are interested in gaming. Um, I also want to thank Friendly Pest, BMG, both of you for showing up. Stubbs as well. Um, he was in and out for a little bit, technical issues, but it happens. So Friendly Pest and BMG, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Sorry I was late. <laughs> it's all no, good. It's all good. Yeah, no, Anyways, um, I do want to I do want to say one last thing. Um, for those of you that are looking for Xbox Series S, they are going to be on sale on Black Friday. I believe they're fifty dollars off in a lot of different places. So check your different retailers. Obviously, check their websites to see where they are on sale and for how much. Some places like Target will actually give you a gift card with an Xbox Series S. So if you're looking for one, if you want one for your game room, maybe one for your kids' room. Definitely check out their websites. Look for those deals. They're going to be great on Black Friday. Anyway, that's it for Stasis Chat Episode 8. Thank you so much for watching. I greatly appreciate it. And also don't forget to like and share this with other people that may enjoy gaming podcasts. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Bye. Ladies, everyone. <laughs>